0: We're talking about finding financial freedom, right? Well, we're going to talk about faithful freedom, where oftentimes that our uh, freedom comes through is through faithfulness, and that's going to be today. Now, remember that this, we're taking a month to talk about finances. We do this like once every three years. Um, it's one of those areas in life that it's important that Jesus really talked about. But the em- emphasis this year, the whole year, is worship. We want to put God in the center of our life, don't we? That's really it. Whatever our life revolves around is what we worship. And in Scripture, there are three very practical, tangible things that Scripture talks about, or areas of worship that uh, that Scripture talks about. The first one is our time, right? And so we're going to talk about that. As we worship God with with our with our time. Make sure that we. Mark our calendars and stuff around him. We're going to be talking about that later in the year. I think that's one of the hardest areas to, to, to center our life around. There's also our talent. That's ministry. That's using our life and our abilities that God has gifted us with. First, putting him in the center of that. How am I using my life in such a way that makes eternal impact? Putting him there. That's, that's our talent. The other one is our treasure. And uh, Scripture talks a lot about that. Scripture talks about this. The second most uh, talked about topic. in quarter And with God in the center of our finances. Now, yes, you can absolutely have all of those things. You could be religiously wonderful about keeping your sabbath and keeping God first and having a, a time every morning that you're praying and reading scripture and you can have you can be having an active ministry and going serving all kinds of people and all of that and you could be very faithful in tithing and giving and all that kind of stuff and miss out. Right? That was the the Pharisees did that, right? So you can have all of those things and miss the more important things which is to to worship jesus it's not about the thing but i'll tell you this the scripture makes it very clear that you can't really say that god is the center of your life unless you are keeping god's center in your life with your time with your talents and with your treasure and so it's a very important thing for us as christians to say we're really giving god our heart and that's what we want to do because that's where life change happens That's where culture change happens. That's where eternity is impacted, and this is where we want to live. So this is where we're going today with that. All right, so we started last week. We talked about there are two essential things in order to to have financial freedom, right? Two very important things. The first one is that that we have to have uh, faithfulness. The second one is competency. And today we're going to talk about that very first one is faithfulness. Okay, And faithfulness really comes down to, if you want to say financial faithfulness, what is it? It's allocating God's resources according to his priorities, isn't it? Last week, our memory verse, if any of you remember it, was that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all its people belong to him, right? Okay, most of you kind of got it, maybe a little right? That's everything that that when we recognize that God owns everything, we have to start there. That we don't look to finances for the wrong kinds of things. That God is there. So financial faithfulness is really then saying, I am going to allocate God's resources according to His priorities. That's what faithfulness. That's going to be our definition there. And so one of God's uh, priorities, one of God's top priorities for us as people, and we are His church, right? He wants us to make sure that we are living faithfully. And so... Uh, we are his bride, we are his body. God provides for the church in a particular way. One of the things that God provides for the church through is through our faithfulness. And you think about that's a top priority to God, isn't it? Like for me, one of the reasons that I, I love to go to work because I love what I get to do, that's awesome, but one of the reasons I go is so that I can provide for my wife. Right, That's something that I get to do. It's a hot, top priority for me in living. Huge motivator. And I'll say that God calls us, the church, his bride. That God provides for his church. And there's a way in scripture that he says to do that. And it's a top priority to Jesus. And so we want to make sure that we're faithful in this, taking his resources and making sure that we're caring for his bride, as well as his body. And so this is how he does it. He provides for us through tithes and offerings. What is a tithe? We're going to talk about today. A tithe is, is uh, 10%. That's what the word literally means. And so when you say that we tithe, that's what it means. um, Sometimes with people, because it's been so long since uh, tithes have been around, sometimes we associate it with just giving something to some type of nonprofit or something like that. But the word itself really means 10%. So when you read tithe in scripture, that's what it's talking about. 10%. Why 10%? I don't know. Maybe it's because it's easy to calculate. That's uh, why God did it for us. But uh, anything above 10% is above and beyond a tithe. You can't, you can't tithe 12%. That's, that's impossible. You can tithe 10%. That's what it is. And then anything above, that's going to be an offering. Um, tithes, we're going to see today, there's a place that they go. They go to the church, and we're going to see that in Scripture where that is. And offerings, well, they, uh, they go wherever God leads your heart. Offerings can go to missionaries. They can go to a person in the church that's needy. They can go to a neighbor or some other place. Like there's offerings are really wherever God prompts you to go. It gets to this thing saying that God owns me. And God owns everything that I have. And God wants to use me to do incredible, amazing things. And he wants to free me to do incredible, amazing things. And so today we're going to be talking about tithes, offerings, and how God can use us to live this amazing life in freedom and effectiveness to do amazing things for him. Our memory verse today to help us with that, that gives us the courage to trust God in this. Not only does God own everything, but God has promised to take care of us. This is one of the best, most encouraging promises that we find in scripture. Jesus said this, seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he, God, will give you everything you need. Isn't that amazing? Like If God isn't real, then it's all up to us. But if God is real, and I would say that He is. He showed up with skin, right? He, he did miracles for us. He died and rose again. He proved that He was. God is real. This is God's promise to us. What peace is there in that? And I think we have to start here because if we don't have confidence in what God is going to do for us, we get freaked out. But here's the promise. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. And he will give you everything you need. Luke twelve thirty one. 31. Now, that's an amazing promise. But the promise isn't that God will give, he will give you everything you need. Jesus made this promise to us. There is a contingency for the people that he was speaking to, his followers. The promise is this, seek the kingdom of God above all else. Put God at center. That's the part that's up to us. Then God's part is he will give us everything we need. When we try to seek ourselves or anything above God in our life, when we put something else other than God on the throne in our life, God is not obligated then to give us everything we need. He says, okay, if you want to provide for you, he will let us do that. The safest place that we can possibly be, the most secure place financially we can be, is when we are seeking the kingdom of God above all else. Because then we unleash the power and the promise of God in our life. Let me show you what that looks like. It starts by putting God's first. If you have your Bible, I want you to turn it to Malachi chapter 3. This is the last book in the Old Testament. Not only is it the last book in the Old Testament written as far as organizing how it's in there, but it's also the last prophet who prophesied to the people of Israel in the Old Testament. Okay, And this was, he, this was the last prophet. Then God was silent through the prophets for 400 years, and then Jesus showed up. Right? Now you think about when you're going to see somebody, like this is the last word of the Old Covenant. Right? The last prophet who comes in. And the, where we're going to start is chapter 3, which is right there near the end. These are kind of the last things that God has to say to his people before you have this silence and the Messiah shows up. He's going to say some important things, isn't he? Yeah, he is. And so we find that in this book of Scripture, like, there is, uh, he, he talks about really the, the people of Israel were kind of drifting. And the prophet was sent to say, listen, you got to stay faithful. you got to put God first. That's what Malachi is all about. It's it's God bringing this prophet up, and it's not a long book, but the prophet is saying, here's these areas in culture and life where where you as the people of God are starting to to spin out. And you need to put God back center. And prepare ourselves. Chapter 3, he talks about tithing. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through this, and we're going to talk about there's, there's four reasons to tithe. We're going to go there, and then we're going to talk about how to tithe. What does it look like? And uh, that's where it's going to go. So first we're going to start in verse, uh, let's start verse 8, all right? And verse 8 it says, Will a mere mortal rob God? Now God is speaking through the prophet, by the way. And then, and he says, Yet you rob me. But you ask, How are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that you may, uh, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room for you to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord the Lord Almighty. That's an amazing passage. That's an amazing passage. I think the first thing is, say, okay, he's talking about robbing. And and what is robbery? Well, isn't robbing when you take somebody else's stuff for your own purposes? Isn't that what robbery is? It's claiming ownership over somebody else's property without their consent. And God was saying, you're doing that to me. Why? Because the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And God said there are certain ways he wants his stuff to be spent. And when we claim ownership over God's stuff and we spend it in contradiction to what he wants, we're claiming ownership over his things, well, that's robbing him. And that's not good. See, uh, robbing, apparently, when you rob God, it, it invites a curse. God's not happy. He says that right in there. He says, you are under a curse, you and your whole nation. But understand that curse that God is not there, just being like, "Well, think about when somebody—if they ro- have you ever been robbed?" Amy and I were robbed here recently. That wasn't fun, right? God gave us peace in the midst of it, but it still wasn't fun. I was kind of angry, and I really hope—and I continue to pray—God's justice over the person that did this, that they would, you know, so suffer to the point that they would find God, <laughs> right? We understand we want to walk in the blessing of God. One of the ways that we do that is when we stay faithfully within Him, right? that, that uh, it's an amazing thing. And so I think oftentimes we don't take this seriously enough that robbing God invites a curse, but then faithfulness breaks that curse. Isn't it amazing that God is the type of God who says, I do not want you to be in a curse? Like, look at this passage. He says, you robbed me. He says, but bring the whole, st- not you gave me, you did exactly what I asked you to do. And since you did what I asked you to do, that should be enough. There's no reward. He says, if you just do what I asked you to do, I want to bless you crazy. That's a pretty cool thing that God does. And so we get to verse 10 in this thing. We recognize that why we tithe, the first thing we want to do is fill God's house. Right. That's the first thing that we, that we find in there is to fill God's house. It's one of the reasons why we tithe. He says there in verse 10, he says, uh, Bring the, the full tithe to the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. And so the storehouse that, that we recognize in the Old Covenant where it was, the storehouse was the church. It was the synagogue. There would be where the priests would come, right? They would work for the people. There was the Levites. That was their job. They didn't get to own any land. they was their job. And God provided for them through the tithes of the people. And the storehouse was the place that people brought their tithes. Now, back then, some people brought money, but a lot of people that was agriculture would bring cows and goats and and wheat, and all that kind of stuff, and there would be food so that the priest could eat because a skinny priest is not, he's got low blood sugar, he's not very friendly. right? That's kind of where it was. Understand that the principle he's showing here is that tithing supports those who serve the Lord, that tithing supports the work of his ministry. That's the first thing that it's supposed to do. So in the Old Testament, the tithe served a threefold purpose in that. The first one is it was personal dedication, Right When I tithe, I recognized I was making an application, a declaration to the world that it's not about me, that it's not about, I'm not looking to money to be my security. I'm not looking to money to be the goal. I'm not looking to money to be all the things that the world looks to, but I'm looking to God to be those things, and he comes first. And so it's a declaration, a personal declaration of self, of worship. That's the first and most important portion of the tithe. But it went on from there. The second one, it was actually funded ministry and ministry families, right? Your tithes, actually, do you know that it pays my salary so that I can be here, so I can go to spend with people who are having surgeries, so I can go and pray for you guys, I can spend time in the word, so that I can preach for you, but also that, you know, we were able to go and to set up ministries and do all of those great things to be able to serve, serve the community. That doesn't just happen. God provided for that through you. That's pretty awesome. That's an amazing thing. And not only does the tithing fund ministry as far as the ministers, but it funds ministry. Right, the chairs that you're sitting on didn't just like poof out of nowhere. Right, God provided for that. Aren't you glad you don't have to like sit on the floor? My sermons would seem ten times longer. You get to minister to people all over the world. The fact that you have provided that God has provided through you the ability for us to stream our sermons, and so we have people in what like 20 different countries that get to listen to our messages and all over the country and things like this at the ministry. But not only that, we have actual missionaries who are living in different countries that are doing great. you know where that comes from? God's providing it through you. That's the second thing that tithes do. The third one is that tithes provided for charity work. In the storehouse of God, when, when people would bring money or then their tithes to the storehouse for the priests, it would not only provide for the priests themselves, but it was also used to take care of the poor and the widows and those who were not able to take care of themselves. It was God's original social security network. It was used by the faithfulness of God's people so that God could receive the glory and that he would be able to show that God cares for the least of these. When people were sick and when they were hurting and they didn't have anywhere. God was saying, I will take care of you. That's what the storehouse was used for. And your tithe fills those three things. This is one of the reasons that we tithe. Your tithe is an act of worship. It should be at least. It should be something when it happens, when you tithe to say to God, you comes first, I'm trusting you. Your tithe needs to recognize that it does provide for ministry, that it is making a huge impact here and beyond. And your tithe does, it enables ministry and charity. Quite a bit of it. That's an amazing thing. That's the first reason we tithe, but it's not the only one. The second reason that this passage, and I always had a hard time with this one, because I hate, to my very soul, hate the health and wealth gospel. Because Jesus did not come to make us healthy and wealthy here in this world, right? This world gets torched. We get a new one. He gave us a new body in the kingdom of God, and he's given us, our wealth is there. It says, "Store up your treasure there, right? All that kind of stuff. And so I get to this part, and I get a little bit like, oh, but it's in the passage, so I'm gonna preach it, because it's the Bible, not me, right? And then what it says here is, God, according, in there he says, tithe is going to lead to blessing. Here's a reason why he tells the people to do it. Verse uh, 10, the second part of it, he says, uh, bring the whole tithe into my storehouse and maybe food in my house. He says, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. But that God gives them a reason, a motivation, a positive, a carrot, not just, not a stick. I love that. If you hear today's message as a stick, you're not reading the passage right. And God's saying there's a positive thing, there's a reason to do this. Put them at center. There are good things that that come from that. And part of it is it unleashes God's blessing in people's lives. See, tithing opens a spiritual law, just like anything. When we put God in the center of our life and our time with our talents and we live a life that is ministry, when we put God first with our money and we tithe in that, it unleashes a spiritual, uh, natural law, apparently, it's a way that God has designed the universe. When he is at center in our life, things work right. And so we call that blessing because it makes us happy. And so it looks like to us, it's like the law of gravity. When somebody begins tithing, you don't have to pray, God, please bless me or bless the tithe. It's like, it's like when I would, if I let go of this, gravity would just work. I wouldn't have to say, God, please make gravity work and make this thing fall, right? If I just let go of it, it drops. The same thing is in our life, when we put God at center, there are good things that happen in our life. That's just because God is at center. We have the right kind of gravitational field or pull in our life. That God doesn't, doesn't mean that you're not going to have any type of, of issues or troubles. It means that God's going to be in those things. He will give you everything you need. Not if God wants to. He'll decide to maybe He'll give you everything you need. He says if you seek His kingdom first, above all else, He will give you everything you need. That's the law. What a great law that is. God blesses the tithe. He blesses actually the tither because God loves loves it when we put him at center. That's when we operate the way that we're most healthy, the way we were designed. Verse 12, it says, well, another reason to tithe is tithing results in financial security. In verse 11 and 12, look how he says that he's going to bless the people uh, in that. He says, uh-uh, he says, um, there will not be. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines of your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe," says the Lord Almighty. Yeah, that's talking about what are things that in this world that people can't control. The farmers couldn't control the pests. They can't control when the trees drop their fruit and all that. But if the pests came in, it would eat all the profits. If the fruit dropped early, it would reduce their efficiency, right? There are things in this world financially that everybody else is subject to just the whims of nature and the ways of this world. But God says when we put him first, now we're allowing him to provide everything we need. The safest place financially can be is when we are in God's will. Now, I will tell you that there is a test in this because it does say, test me in this, says the Lord. So Amy and I, years ago, tested God in this. And this is what happened in our particular life. We did not feel like the storehouses of heaven were being opened up. Okay? It didn't go really well. When we first started tithing, I would quote this back to God. I'd be like, God, I do not feel like I'm drowning in in all kinds of, of blessing right now right? Soon as we started tithing, bad things started happening financially. It really did, right? We, we already got all kinds of medical bills. We had all kinds of other bad things happened. Our house flooded. And we run downstairs, was destroyed right after we finished. I mean, it was just like one financial hit after another. And so from a human perspective, when I started tithing, I would say, I am financially insecure, but I look back on that time Never once, never once did we go hungry. Never once did we miss a bill. And it's unbelievable that we didn't miss a bill. Never once did my son go without clothes that fit him. Not once. God consistently showed me over and over again, seek me first and I'll provide everything that you need. God used that time to humble me so I would be willing to accept help. Because I'll tell you as a pastor, I love to help other people, but I felt it so hard to receive help. And then I realized as one who received help, how hard that can be. So now when I offer help, I can offer it with compassion. God has magnified ministry through that. And I will tell you this, that my security, I could never have been more secure than in those times when it seemed like I wasn't secure, right? God didn't drop me. But if I tried to take matters in my own hands, if, and there was a time, I remember, Amy was sitting on a hospital bed. We were sitting there, and I had enough money in the bank that we, have, we, we do, our tithe comes out automatically because I'm weak willed in my spirit, and it would be a spiritual battle every week that it came out <laughs> of that it tithe. So we just said, no, I'm going to counteract I'm going to give that automatically. The very first, so boom, it was coming. And Amy was going to come out of the hospital with enough money. I knew the tithe was going to come out. I was going to get paid, the tithe was going to come out. And if we paid that tithe, I wouldn't have enough money to pay for her medicine. And we sat on her, she was in the hospital bed, and we we're sitting there, and I was becoming weak in my, my faith and my spirit, and I was like, well, I think that we should just this once not, right? Because you're going to get out of the hospital, I don't know how to pay for your medicine and all that kind of stuff, and Amy was like, but Aaron, if we stop trusting the Lord, where is our hope? And that was a good word, and I was humbled, and so we didn't. And you know, God, through a series of miraculous things, provided not just Amy for her week's worth of medicine, but an entire month's worth. Became, it was one of those times where we got to see that God keeps his word. He provides us everything we needed. The safest place, the most secure place we can be, is when we trust God. We are in his world. We are putting him at center. If we seek the kingdom of God above all else, he will provide us everything we need. And then after we walked through that storm and God He showed us that we didn't have to be afraid, then He removed the debt miraculously, amazingly. It was unbelievable. And he didn't have to do that, but he did. And now oftentimes I feel like God, you have opened up the store, hold on to it, and God has given us the ability to bless other people. And it's the most amazing thing. Tithing results in financial security, like you will never understand until you are walking in it. It keeps you above the fray of this world. That's the reason that we begin to do that. We put God first. And so it protects us from things like thieves and natural disasters and inflation and all kinds of stuff because our security is not based upon the things of this world. It's based upon a God who owns everything, who cares for us. Luke 12, 31, if you remember, it says, seek the kingdom of God above all else. That's the key. Being in there is why we tithe. It's about putting God first. It's about seeking him first. It's not about giving God a bribe or paying God tax. God is not impressed when when we try to buy him off. When we put him in center of our life is what impresses him. And that's what Malachi is all about. About really loving God, putting him first. And I'll tell you this, when we say we well, want to be faithful with your finances, some people are like, well, and I'll tell you, with Amy and I, that when we were in there, and, and still, you can't say you're being faithful with your finances if your finances require no faith, right? When well, we tithe, when it comes out, every single time we put ourselves on the ledge, right? It's a step outside of our comfort zone. We say, God, if you don't come through for us, right, we're messed up, right? I, if I took my tithe money, I just invested it, my own self, and just trusted me from a financial perspective, we could be very, very well off, right? We could just invest and do those things. But I'll tell you, I wouldn't be because I wouldn't, I'd be outside of God's blessing. I'd be outside of his protection. I'd be on my own. How terrifying. But when we put him first, when we seek him, when we say, you know what, God? We're going to trust that you really will give us what we need. When my, my finances require faith, then I can say my finances are being faithful. I'm being faithful with my finances, right? I'm really seeing God at work here. And that's an amazing place to be, and it's a hard, scary step, but God is there. That's the amazing thing. It's like Peter on the boat, right? You think stepping outside of that boat didn't take a little bit of courage? But he got to do something that most people never be able. He got to walk on water. How cool was that? We have to expect God to be where he tells us he will be. And to take those steps into the darkness knowing that he's not going to drop us. And when you do that, he will be there. Our God is faithful and true. So how do you tithe? How do you do it? This is from um, a little bit of own personal experience. And this is my own stuff, right? This is how I began to tithe and things that I have learned over the last few years. Tithe is, is God owns everything. He doesn't just own 10%. God says, I want 10%, this is what I want you to do, to show them first. You treat it with respect. It's just like God owns every day of the week, right? But he says, keep a Sabbath holy. You treat it different. I treat this different. This is not mine to do with what I want. This is God providing for his ministry, his church, all that kind of stuff through me. This is how God has already told me how he wants to direct this, so I treat it with respect. And so... um, One of the things that we have to do is Amy and I have this temptation and I told you a little about it that sometimes there's a temptation that God, I see this big storm coming and I'm gonna try to take control back. I'm gonna seek my kingdom first right now because I'm worried about my kingdom more than your kingdom God and I'm gonna take your tithe and use it on my things and I'll pay it back later. Have you ever done that? Because I have and it hasn't worked well and then the temptation is constantly there and you can't let temptation get over. You can't let fear keep us from faithfulness. Either God's going to take care of us or he's not. So we treat it with respect. We say, this is the Lord. This is my offering to him that he's given me to offer it back. It's like when you have if anybody had kids, you know, and they want to buy you a Christmas present or a birthday present. And so you give them the money to buy you a present. Right? This is kind of like that. God provides it for you so that way you can provide for what he wants. Treat it with respect. 10%. Yes, will God accept 1%? Yeah, Amy and I were there. 1% for us when we first started was way, it was, it was a step in outside of our comfort zone. It was scary, and yet God was there. And then we did 2%, and he was there. But really, we weren't tithing. We were beginning to learn how to tithe. And God is a gracious God, isn't he? Like, he didn't zap us. He didn't curse us. He saw our steps of faithfulness, and he blessed it, right? God took care of us. But really, what that verse says, Malachi says, bring the whole thing right? That was the challenge. And Amy and I knew that we were going to work to a point that we were going to be faithful. And then we got to that point and we were faithful. And that's part of it. Anything less than 10% really isn't a tithe. And so if that's not where you're at, I say, take those steps. Go towards it. Work towards faithfulness. Put God at center. That's what he's asking for. A third one is that uh, to recognize that we're going to bring a whole tithe, it's uh that we want to offer a tithe as our first. The tithe is not the last 10%. Do you know why it's not the last 10%? Because the last 10 percent's already spent before we, we were stuck with it, right? That we start with the first 10% because it's a declaration to God that you will care for me all the way through this. That my trust is in you, not my money. It's not that God, once you have come through, then I'll give you a tip and say thank you. It's saying, God, I'm going to trust you first. If you don't come through for me, I'm seeking your kingdom first. And if you don't come through, I'm done. I'm trusting you. It starts there. So we offer God our first. That's where the tithe came from. Now, the church is uh, God's authorized storehouse. So we bring the whole tithe where? To the church. That's where it says. It says, bring it to the storehouse. God didn't say, uh, in that passage from Malachi, he didn't say, bring your tithes to the poor. The poor were needy. But he said, bring it to the storehouse so ministry can happen. And so we bring it to the church. That's where it starts. And so giving, really, it's recognized. We're giving to missionaries and all those other things. Bringing to anything else is an offering, and those are wonderful things. And God puts those desires in your heart. But scripturally, a tithe, God provides for his bride through the tithe. That's how he cares for his wife. And so we want to honor that. The next thing we recognize is that we have to tithe with the right attitude. When I first started tithing, it was the right attitude. I said, God, I want to be faithful. And then about a week later, it was with the wrong attitude. It was like, God, I don't want to be faithful, but I have to, right? The Lord loves a cheerful giver, right? That's part of it. God wants us to love him. Uh, and that's the an important thing. But it doesn't mean that we only give when we feel benevolent. God also loves an obedient child, doesn't he? Part of me with going through that process was learning that I had to have the right attitude. It wasn't that I had to stop giving. My attitude's wrong. therefore, Change me. Right? So when I started to tithe, it would go out, and I would see it coming, and I would be like, oh, I could get that brand new paintball marker if it wasn't for the tithe. And I actually said that to Amy once. <laughs> it's so true, right? But the thing was, is that revealed in me selfishness, that I didn't trust that my God would take care of me, that he wouldn't provide for me the paintball marker of my, my dreams and desires, Right? He had this thing like God was taking from me, not that God had given to me and was trusting me to allocate his resources, do great things. God had to change this. So what I didn't do is I didn't stop tithing. What I did is when I realized there was bad attitude, I would confess that before God and I would say, God, change me. Let me have your view of your thing for, for what you want to do. Let me trust you more. It became a point of of continual conviction and and repentance, and God began to change me from the inside. And the cool thing was is that I started to become less possessed by my possessions. And by the way, I ended up with a really awesome paper. Brad knows it was awesome, better than I ever could have gotten with a tithe, right? God took care of me, but first I had decided to do it with the right attitude. If we go to the tithe and say, this is my legalistic duty, here you go, God. It's like Valentine's Day coming up, right? And you as husband, I know this is an important deal. So I'm going to get my wife flowers. I'm sorry, I get it every year. So I'm going to get my wife flowers, right? I'm going to do something else. But it would be like if I said, well, I'm going to get those flowers and I bring it here. But here's your flowers. Let's go on our obligatory date. It wouldn't mean as much, Right? God wants to mean something in our heart. And so I would say, tithe with the right attitude. If you find that your tithing causes a wrong attitude, begin to confess that and ask God to help change you. It's an important thing. There are three unhealthy attitudes for tithing. The first one is tithing is an obligation, not I have to tithe or I don't have to tithe. Like we live in an era of law or of grace, not law. And so sometimes Christians look to that and say, the Lord wants us to give what's in our hearts, Right? which is true, and so we say, well, I don't have to tithe. That's like me saying, well, I don't have to date my wife. God wants us, he provides for his bride through us. It, it, like we, do, we shouldn't be obligated because there's a law that they're forcing us to. It should be our very love for God begins to compel us, but until it does, realize that, that we have to change this idea that's just out of obligation. Set God at center. Let your tithe be an act of worship. Remember that Abraham, he... He gave a tithe because he was like the first. But he loved to put God first. The second thing is we want to limit God. God, I'm only going to give you your 10%. That's all you get. The rest is mine. I'm going to do whatever I want. No, God, the worth belongs to the Lord and everything in it, right? The part of it is recognizing that God has set apart this 10% to fund his ministry. That's what he has done, to care for his bride. That's what he has done. That's his. But everything else I have is also his. Seek the Lord first. Above all else, he's going to provide what we need. And we're going to talk about that next week is how we begin to put a plan around God's resource. We could be good access managers of him, and there's blessing for us in that. Also understand that uh, we don't want to tithe with conditional tithing. God, I will give to you once you have done this for me. God does not negotiate with terrorists. He doesn't. God says to us, to be faithful. Be a faithful child. Do everything without grumbling and complaining, right? So you can become blameless and pure children of God without without blemish. And this crooked and, and corrupt generation, you're going to shine like stars. Like an amazing thing. Like God wants us to be the type that don't say, God, I will give to you once once you meet my needs. God will be like, you're, you're not seeking my kingdom first. You're going to take care of yourself? Try to get your needs. And he's not going to stand in your way, but... He's not going to protect you either. I would say that we have to get past this thing of trying to, to have a power play against God. God will, will provide for his church. God will provide for his people. And we have to say to God, I'm trusting you. I want to worship you. I don't want to. You're not a business partner with God. You understand that too? Like you're his child. He loves you, he cares for you so we have to stop this thing and think, God, once you do these things in my life, once my world is exactly the way it should be, then I will start tithing. We start with faithfulness today, and then we trust God in it, test him in it, right? He comes through. So the next thing we have to do is you start today. You start now. That's what Amy and I do. There is never. Have you ever wondered, like, when's the best time to go to the gym? Now. It's that Tuesday morning when you don't want to go. You do it. You start, you don't have to wait for like some kind of big party. Oh, it's a lunch party. Let's begin. Faithfulness is always in season. And if you cannot be faithful today, don't trick yourself to say, I'll be faithful tomorrow. You are all procrastinators like me. Faithfulness is discipline. It is hard work. Right? It is difficult. It takes, it takes faith. It takes trust. It takes courage. It takes sacrifice. And it is so worth it because it leads us to amazing places. It's a spiritual discipline. You've got to let God give it room to develop in your life. Right? That's what we do. And it's like any area in life. If we find that there's a next step that could lead us to something amazing, wouldn't you want to take that? So take that now. next thing we want to do is, start today, we do it systematically. Tithing was systematic. It was every time the person got whatever God provided for them, they would give the very first portion. Now, let me say, about tithing, it is 10%. 10% of what? Gross, net... That's between you and God, right? You go to God, you say, God, where is it? If you have a business, it's a 10% of your, if you tithe on your business, if that's what your business wants to do, make sure it's your profit, not just what your income, right? Some people find themselves in a horrible financial positions because they take any income in. They like they might, you know, like, uh, think about if you're an electrician. I was an electrician. They're an electrician, and I've got to, you know, I get money in, and I've got to pay my workers. If I took all of the money that I was in, and I owed some of that money out, I'm not going to tithe on what I, I have to pay out to other people that's not my money i'm not supposed to tithe on other people's money right you, you tithe on the profit <laughs> right the income that's what god has done that's what it sets is 10% right but i do that and i do it systematically i set it up and i do it regularly it's it's part of my life that's why amy and i we have set up ours electronically cuz it removes the temptation for us to mess with things right and then we also want to make sure that it's it's an act of obedience for us, every time it comes out, it is a reminder of me that God is first in my life. That I'm doing this because it's a way of honoring God. If I did this because, well, I just have to, I'm missing the point. I want to show you there's a there's a testimony. Larry Strong, some of you guys know him, Larry and Sherry. He was telling me about their experience with the tithe and how they began, and it kind of goes through with some of these things too that I just talked about. So let's let's watch that now.
1: Well, I think that it's interesting that the root word of testimony is test. I, th- I also think that it's interesting that. Um, you know, the, the money and positions is like the second most talked about issue in the Bible. Part of our faith journey has included what I would call a um, catastrophic uh, test with money. We were, um, we were early married, and like most young, early marriages, we didn't have any money. Uh, we were trying to find two nickels to, to rub together. I got involved with some other guys in a business deal. Um, without really praying it through, and without being in unity with Sherry, and the long and short of that is that it ended up with us potentially facing uh, a sixty-nine thousand dollar debt. And at the time, it might as well have been sixty-nine million dollars. We were we were absolutely devastated. We were we were frantic. At the time, we had a really awesome small group. On Thursday evening during our small group, we shared with our small group, brothers and sisters, kind of what was going on. Uh, We had a very intimate relationship with everybody and we felt safe and free to do that. I, I remember specifically one of the members of the group bringing up this issue of tithing. And at the time, we were not tithing. I'm not even sure that we were giving, you know, on a regular basis. In my head, my response was kind of like, well, what business is it of yours? You know, this is none of your business. And so that attitude kind of reflects where I was at at the time. That was the beginning of our journey, our faith journey with money. Uh, We were in the midst of this crisis. Um, God allows us to encounter these hard times in life to, uh, to, to hopefully make some decisions about where we're at in our faith journey that will bring us closer to God and bring us closer to what it means to really be a follower of Christ, to kind of just... Wrap up that part of the testimony, our small group encouraged us to start tithing. And Sherry and I uh, really sat down and and came to terms with what God's purpose and plan is for us with, with money. We made a decision at that time that we were going to start tithing. We just knew in our spirit and in our heart that we needed to be obedient to what God was asking us to do. And so we began that journey of tithing. Arguably, at a time in our life where it made the least amount of sense of all. And I'm sure, you know, a lot of brothers and sisters can relate to that. And so uh, we began to, you know, peel the covers back on on God's Word. And um, I, I remember, you know, uh, Psalm 24, which basically says in a nutshell, everything belongs to God. And so for us, you know, the first part of, of that faith journey was recognizing that it all belongs to God and that, you know, how we look at our finances and how we look at, at money and, and how we how we steward um, finances and, and uh, certainly how we look at our finances relative to, um, you know, the church and the work um, of God's uh, plan and purpose through the church is very much a trust issue. It's not about trusting God with our money. It's about trusting God with his money. And that was a, that was a real pivot point for, for me, certainly. And I think for Sherry, too, is just understanding it ultimately all belongs to God. And in the final analysis, if, if we can't trust God with his money, the second area that we began to really uh, kind of peel the covers back was um, how we look at finances and, and stewardship of, of our finances is also a, a heart condition. Uh, it's a it's a matter of faith, it's a matter of trust, but it's also a matter of heart. Paul um, is is very clear about the fact that um, giving uh, comes from the heart. Well, I think that it's interesting that the root... Never mind.
0: I'll tell you what, we'll move to the next slide. The devil doesn't want you to hear this, apparently. Uh, you hear from from Larry. It does, it's about heart. It's like you can see, it, that Amy and my experience wasn't wasn't unique. That uh, for everybody who takes this journey, it's a journey of faithfulness. It's a journey of trust. It's not easy for anyone to begin the step of beginning trusting God with their finances. It really isn't. And so it's why we're going to invite you guys to. That's why I think there's a challenge. Part of the thing that we do in the church is that our role is to be able to help us all grow closer to Christ, right? Sometimes there has to be something that, that we say, hey, let's do this together, because faithfulness is easier when we are together in it, aren't we? Isn't it easier to know that, hey, listen, I could take steps of faith and trust in God if there's other people around me doing this? So I would encourage you. I'd say the last month I've been taking Fridays, been fasting, praying for you, all of this, because I want us to see as we begin this year putting God at center, let's start here with the easiest part, which is our treasure, Then we're going to talk about working closer to God with our talents. That's a little bit harder. And I think the hardest thing in our culture is to trust Him with our time. But let's do this together. Join with me. Join together as we begin to put God at center in our life. Because I'll tell you, the vision has never changed. God has called us to be disciples that build disciples, hasn't He? To go on to saturate this valley with the good news of of Christ. That good news is proclaimed through testimony when we actually experience God and his power and his love and his provision and his kindness in our own life. And so I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to welcome you to join with me and Amy and with our pastors and elders and our finance team to join us over the next four months. That'll take us to summertime and a tithe challenge. And say these next four months, you're going to say, you know what, try it some of you might just be the very first time you've ever heard about, I don't know if I can really do this. I'm going to say, do it. Do it today. Find that place and say, you know what? I'm going to put God there at center so we can grow together and to do this. And so that we can see not only God care for us and meet our needs, not only as a church, but as individuals, we build testimony, but that we would also as a church begin to operate in a more healthy way. That our testimony as a church would be the type of church that people go to and say, there's something different there. And so this is what I encourage you to do, that, to try this. And this is how you can sign up. You say, this next four months, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, to really try this. I'm going to join you in that. On your connection card, so what I'd like you to do, let me know. On the back part of your connection card, there is a, uh, a place there. It says, I'll take the tithe challenge, like third one down. Let me know. And if you do that, please give me not just your, let me know your name so that way I can be praying for you. But I'm going to be sending you some help some encouragement and some resources and some tools that will help you in this. We'll be praying for you as you go through this process. So let me know that your name, but also your mailing address, because I have something really fun that I want to send to you this week, as well as your email address and things like this. Put that down on that card and say, you know what? We're going to do this. This is an act of faith. I want to see how God comes through. Now, maybe you are the type that says you're very spiritual. You say, Aaron, this is a very good challenge, but I want to make sure it's right with the Lord. I'm going to take some time. I want to go home. I want to pray about it. Okay, that's fine. Go and pray about it. You know that oftentimes God speaks to us. We pray is a way that we speak to God, and oftentimes we hear from Scripture. because God speaks back to us. So let's say you take this week, and you go and you pray for it, and then God, you, you know, he starts talking to you, and you open up you know, the Gospels where Jesus is there and, and Matthew uh, 23, and then you would see Jesus say to you, yes, you should tithe. There's your answer. Now, that actually is in there. Now, in context. It's not a question of should you tithe. This is what God wants us to do, put him first at center. The context there of that, though, is Jesus was talking to Pharisees, Pharisees who were very good at tithing. That's where that comes from. And he says to them, probably much the only nice thing he ever said to the Pharisees, he's like, you got that right. You're doing that part right. So for us, hey, that's good. But it goes on to say, but you shouldn't neglect the more important things. You see, if we tithe, if you would join me in this tithe challenge, please hear this. Do not do it to be a legalist. Do not do it because you buy off God. Do not do it just because you're gonna, you to. Know, you feel like, well, I just have to, or out of obligation. Do it to put God at center. What's the more important things? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and spirit. To worship him. Put him at center. If you join us on this tithe challenge, make sure that we're putting God at center. Use this as an act of worship as we join in doing this together. As Jesus said, you can't serve more than him, right? You can't have two masters can't serve both God and money. So today I encourage you not to neglect the more important things. Take this opportunity to serve God. And so that's pretty much what we've learned today in financial freedom. Faithful freedom begins by putting God first, and that is an act of faith. And the tithe is one of those things that God has given us to be able to put Him first. That's the first key to find. You start tithing. There's a second thing that's really important in the their life to be able to not just being faithful with God's resources, but to be skilled with them, competent. And we're going to talk about that next week. We're going to talk about how we begin to to allocate how God, our resources according to what God's plans are in our own life. And that's called a thing called budgeting, which I know sounds really boring, but God has a lot of really cool things and he will free you up in amazing ways. There is a plan that God has to help you in scripture and, and also the... Financial Peace University was a great way to go more in depth on that. We'll be talking about that next week. And so for this week, obviously, the challenges. if you have your connection car on the back, some things that you can do, next step's the first one. Memorize Luke 12, 31. This is for all of us. This is God's promise of, of security for us. Seek first his kingdom, right? Seek his kingdom above all else, and he will give you everything you need. Make sure that you're setting that into your heart into your mind, that we are really trusting God. Use this act of worship. Maybe it's something else you want to do. Read Luke 12 in context. Read the whole chapter. It's a great chapter where Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God and how it's different in this world. You might also want to read Malachi. It's a great book. Put God's center. And maybe what you want to do here is pray for faith, because I challenged a lot of you today, right? And I'm challenging myself. Amy and I, we have been tithing for a while, and for these next four months, we're going to up our game. We are going to take another step outside of where we have been to be able to get into follow. So we are also taking that challenge along with you. Uh, so it's going to be praying for faith because God's going to have to come through and we're giving him an opportunity to do that. So pray for that. Or also, uh, I'm encouraging all of you, take the tithe challenge. Let's do this together. Let's put God at center. Let's see what he does. Maybe there's something else that you have in there, a prayer request or, or something else. Write those down. Uh, another commitment or something else on the other side. Uh, let us know. Um, And like I said, uh, as you write these down, uh, if you do have a prayer request, know that we do pray for you. And uh, we are here. It's an honor to serve you. It's a great thing that we get to do. So please make sure you mark that along with your tithes and your offerings. In just a second, we are going to uh, take the baskets when we passed. Please take these connection cards, put them in the offering basket along with your gifts. And uh, let's pray for those. And then we'll have the worship team come and close us with a great worship song. Let's pray. Father God, you own everything, and that makes us happy because we call you Father not just master. But Lord, you've given us a challenge in Scripture to follow you, to put you first, not just with our words, but with our actions, that faith is being lived out in us. And Lord, I know the enemy is not going to be happy with us in doing that. So I pray, Lord, that you would help us as a church this year to put you at center in everything, starting here with finances, but Father, not just ending there. Father, I pray for those who have taken this tithe challenge, you would bless them with your protection Faith and faithfulness in and through this. That you wouldn't just build this church, but the very individuals in this church. and May our testimony grow so that we can point people to you, the God who really does love us, who really does care for us. And Father, we uh, pray for our tithes and our offerings that we take now as an act of obedience, but an act of also love. Dependence upon you, the God who really does care for us. Would you please use these multiply them in such a way that it builds your kingdom for your glory. We pray all of this in the beautiful name of Jesus. Amen.